Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Ned Bellavance, Ned1313 on Twitter, and welcome to the Daily Check-In for December 1st, 2021. What's going on, y'all? Welcome to December. Welcome to me running again. In case you didn't see it on Twitter, I went out for my first run since I broke my toe over eight weeks ago. I went out for my first run this morning, and I ran four and a half miles, and I felt pretty comfortable. Like, my toe was starting to hurt, like, a little bit, but not, like throbbing pain we're just like hey you're probably done for the day and i was like hey you're right not a problem let's stop and tomorrow i'm just gonna get on the bike instead of run and then maybe friday i'll run again you know i'm just i'm getting back in the swing of things got a little overzealous i signed up for a trail run in march that's 40 miles and then i did a little bit of math did, did a tiny bit of math there and um so that's in 13 weeks 13 and a half weeks That is not nearly enough time to build up the necessary stamina and mileage that I would need to successfully run a 40-mile trail run. I don't know what I was thinking. I just got, I got over-exuberant, too excited, and I've toned that down a little bit and said, hey, you know, there's also a 20-mile option for the same race. Why don't I just do that? Let's ease in. Let's not rush things. I'm not, not 20 anymore or 30, you know, I'm past 40 now. Let's ease into things and, you know, make sure I'm actually in good health and ready to take on that challenge. And then, you know what? There's a 50K later in the year in the fall. And why don't I train for that next? So, you know, spread things out a little bit. And then maybe 2023, I can do that 40-mile run. Who knows? But the point is, you got to take it slow. And you got to make sure that you're maintaining yourself. And I think that's a good point. And let's check in on that. How are you doing? Are you taking it slow? Are you giving yourself the necessary space you need to heal and be healthy? Because if you're not, you're going to end up breaking something. You're going to end up spraining something, injuring yourself physically or emotionally. Don't do that. Take it easy. Take a page out of my book and go, hey, you bit off more than you could chew, but it's not too late. Go and change that, uh, change that decision, <laughs> roll it back a little bit, and you'll, you'll be fine. You'll do okay. That's not what I want to talk about today, but I, it was just you know an interesting observation for me. Uh, the thing that I wanted to mention today is really about this week's episode of Day 2 Cloud. We have an awesome episode that just published today, and it's with Ben Weissman. I believe he's German. He certainly had a German accent. He's a fellow consultant and Pluralsight author, and he was on the show to primarily talk about Microsoft Azure Arc and what it's capable of doing. And in a more broader con- in a broader context, what hybrid cloud is all about and how Microsoft is approaching the hybrid cloud. Because what's interesting is they're not just approaching it with one solution, because why would you ever do that? They are approaching it with at least five solutions, from what I can tell, including things like Azure Stack and that grouping of things, traditional on-prem with some management from Azure, but mostly on-prem. And then, hey, split the difference, Azure Arc putting that out there. And there's a couple more on top of that. You know, there's Azure Azure Kubernetes service local that you can run using their installer. And you can also hook into Azure Monitor to monitor things that are on-prem or in a different cloud. And that was a really interesting thing about Azure Arc is it does let you 
sort of deploy and monitor Azure resources on any infrastructure. And because of that, you're not limited to just your on-prem. You could also do it in a colo. You could do it in AWS. You could do it in GCP. Wherever you have a presence of Windows or Linux servers, or you want to run SQL servers, or you want to run Kubernetes clusters, Arc can hook into all of this, these things. And I think that's a really smart approach from Microsoft's perspective. They're not putting up the walled garden. They're not saying you have to say in Azure or run on our hardware in your data center because that's not their business and that's not the way they function. That might be okay for the way AWS wants to do stuff because they come from that more walled garden approach. But Microsoft is already out in the wild and they already have, you know, installations of Windows servers across all kinds of enterprises, if they were to try to throw up walls and say, hey, you can't just buy a Windows server anymore and manage it yourself. Now you have to buy it through us. Well, I mean, the enterprises would freak out and so would their hardware partners who rely on the fact that people want to run Windows on physical servers to sell their servers. Now that's decreasingly the case because a lot of servers at the bare metal level are running either a hypervisor or Linux, but still people want to run windows. It happens. So I think Microsoft doing a smart thing here. Now is hybrid cloud the future? Is that the way things are going? Is that the way things are going to stay? I'm going to go with yes. The Flexera state of the cloud 2021 Report And I believe this came out back in March. So it's about 2020 statistics for the most part. The type of cloud used, 78% reported hybrid. 78% of respondents said they were in a hybrid cloud situation with only 19% saying they were public cloud only. Now, exactly what does it mean to be hybrid, public, and private cloud? That's somewhat debatable, right? But the point is, 78% of the people said, hey, we're hybrid today. And I don't think that that is going to decrease over time. I think, if anything, it's going to stay the same or go up. Because there are certain things that just run better on-premises, whether it's a latency issue, whether it's a security concern or a compliance thing, or you just need that service on-prem. You you need it to work even if the internet goes down, right? Which can still happen in this day and age. So it's like a print server. You generally want your print server at your office where the printers are. Why? Well, if there's a problem with the internet or that print server suddenly becomes unavailable in the cloud, then you can't print. Wouldn't it be easier to just have it locally? Same thing with kind of like a local file server. Maybe it's just caching files and the main files are up in the cloud somewhere, but maybe it just makes sense. Uh, factory floors are another good example where you're going to have local servers that are responsible for making millisecond level decisions that can't wait for the round trip time to the closest cloud point. And so there's always going to be some amount of infrastructure running on-prem. And there are still plenty of organizations that are buying Hardware, if you look at the sales numbers for the industry in terms of who's buying enterprise gear, whether it's network gear or or servers or storage, 
that is still a tremendous market. And there are still plenty of enterprises that are happy to expand their existing data center footprint. So if you look at all of that in combination, it's a very smart play on Microsoft's part to embrace the hybrid cloud. And think of that as the future, as being the de facto standard from here on out. Public cloud is going to have a huge role to play, but so is private cloud and on-premises data centers. So you really need a solution that spans all of that. And that's sort of what Azure Arc's trying to do. So if you want to hear more about Azure Arc and kind of get a handle on what it's capable of today and what the plans are for the future, definitely check out the Day 2 Cloud podcast with Ben Weitzman. It's episode 126, just published today, December 1st. And of course, I will include a link in the show notes. That's going to do it for me for today. As always, thank you so much for listening. Very much appreciated. If you want to share this podcast, I'd appreciate that. Shout out to Jackie Grinrod, who uh, cited me on Twitter and said, hey, This apparently was one of my most listened podcasts in Spotify and could have something to do with the fact that I publish almost every day. But (laughs) that aside, she recommended. So thank you, Jackie. Thank you for that. And anybody else who wants to share their uh, year-end numbers and and maybe I come up on your Spotify end-of-year list, that'd be awesome. Until next time, stay healthy, stay safe out there. Bye for now.